Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, the podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have, hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 Minutes of Clarity starts now. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, your go-to podcast for financial insight and advice. I'm your host, Jason Noble, and joining me today is Andy Merchant, the financial planner here at Prime Capital Investment Advisors. Today, we're going to go into a deeper dive with regards to PPP. Now we're gonna have fun with this conversation. We're gonna be going into not only what those are, but how do you assess them and then how do you apply them into your overall portfolio? So to get us kicked off, we're gonna start off with Andy answering a very important question. PPP, what is that and why is PPP important? PPP is is a lot of different things, but uh, for us and for the Clear Picture Wealth Program, uh, you know, we want to we want to boil stuff down, Jason, right, for our call to keep it simple, um, keep it actionable. And, uh, you know, when we came up with PPP, we really look back at the portfolio talking about asset location. So, you know, you've heard in our previous podcast and a lot of advisors are going to talk about asset allocation and asset diversification, um, which are a little bit more granular in your overall portfolio. We're taking a way step back, 30,000 foot view, and we're looking at how your assets are located. And the three P's stand for public, protection, and private. Um, and, and really, we're going to dive into today around, you know, the what's and the why's. And we're going to give you a quick overview um, on what public is, a quick overview on protection, and then what private is. But more importantly, Jason, I want to spend this time uh, for our listeners to get a lot of actionable items around how they assess their own portfolio, how they understand if they have those buckets filled and how they can contact us or uh, uh, to work out and get their own analysis. So that's what it is, public, protection, and private. Yeah, and so as you go through this podcast, you're going to learn more about how they all come into play when it comes to building out a comprehensive approach and strategy. But when you go through this, what I will, we want you to do is go to clearpitcherfinancial.com. That's where you can listen to the previous podcasts and other conversations we've had but then scroll down, enter your information so that we could get a conversation started. So let's do the lowest hanging fruit, which is yeah. public markets. Let's knock this thing out in less than two minutes. Public markets, what is the public market? Let's define that very clearly. And then how does that play into an overall strategy? Yeah, well, you know, publics are, are what everybody uh, is most familiar with that you just, just alluded to. You know, your public markets are going to be your traditional, you know, uh, easily allocated, easily traded investments. Typically, that's going to be your brokerage statements. Uh, you know, they're going to be stocks. They're going to be bonds, you know, ETFs, mutual funds. Um, we call them public. Why? Because they are 
the public investments, right? You owning publicly traded companies. And so we call them public uh, for that very simple reason. Um, and, and I find out, you know, Jason, when we talk, we always bring good stories to clients and, and why our clients are using it so that those listening can, can make it actionable to them. And, and public in a short sense is important to have. You need to have probably the bulk of your portfolio or your asset location will be here. Um, really why? Because it's liquid. Um, you know, most of those things are going to be traded within a certain days. You know, liquidity is important um, for many people out there. They want to see some kind of historical uh, portfolio management. So it makes you feel a little better um, that once you're in these investments, you can know how they're going to produce and you can easily see what activity is going on. So uh, within the portfolio. So that's where we need to have a little bit of public. Uh, and I'm going to kick it over to you, Jason, on your comments, but I'm going to leave it on this. What comes with liquidity is volatility. And so that's when a lot of people will find out within their portfolio, the volatility of their public is going to move more than maybe some of the other classes we're going to talk about. Yeah. And, and because of liquidity, being able to access the money rather quickly, because you get that, that also means everybody else does as well. So therefore, there's a quarterly earnings call and the CEO gives an update that they missed earnings by a few decimal points and the stock pulls back four and a five percent because of the liquidity, because people are like, oh, they, they're they didn't hit their earnings in one quarter after the last 12 earnings reports. Or the CEO sends out a tweet that is not appropriate. And next thing you know, the stock plummets and it's because of that liquidity, right, that we're talking about. So you get what you get is you get access, but so does everybody else. So what about for those who are looking for what I would say longer term investment horizons and also looking for a strategy for an investment, not a trade? And that's where we're going to take the conversation now to private investments. And, I, and Andy, you and I both have a lot of passion around private investments because how it fits into an overall portfolio and what does it do to the risk and return characteristics of the overall strategy? So I'm excited to kind of go into the private markets, right? And so, what, yes, Andy, please. Yeah, no, the pri yeah, the privates are, you know, the privates are the, are the I think, the new, the, they're the long term. They're, they've been around forever. I mean, you think about it. Every public company once upon a time was private, right? And, and the only difference is, is what's happened in the recent years is that the access point to these public or to these privately traded companies and these private investments um, has surged recently due to some regulation change. Um, and, and, you know, we do have to make a note here, Jason, that, you know, to get into the private markets, you do have to meet certain qualifications. Um, you know, Google out, look up accredited investor, because that's usually what the pass is that you have to qualify for uh, to be in the club. And it's just really based on an income and uh, net worth um, uh, qualification. So keep that in mind that as you listen to this, take it with a grain of salt. There is some qualification um, to be into this spaces, but I do think it's, it's becoming, um, uh, you know, it's asset class a lot more. And I think a fun history lesson, you know, is if you think about it and you look at all the professional money managers out there, Jason, the hedge funds, the endowments, you know, the, the big university funds that you find out there, they've always have relied on some kind of allocation, um, to the private space. Now, keep in mind, this isn't a private space of, you know, your neighbor down the streets raising money to go out and uh, and grow a, a, a widget of some sort. And he's asking for your money or she's asking for your money. You know, these are still going to be well 
sophisticated investments, historical things. So I think it's important to have some private um, market overall in your portfolio to consider. Well, yeah. So Andy, I'm going to go a little bit deeper on a couple of things that you touched on. Like uh, I'll go into endowments and how do they have ownership versus like uh, what they call retail investors, right? So like endowments, they'll have uh, average a allocation of private markets to about 26 to 28% of their strategy. And defined benefit plans for those that are listening, defined benefit plans those are like your pension plans that you, if you have a pension through work, this I'm talking to you right now, it's 13 to 15% is allocated to the private markets, right? And so what we see with high net worth individuals is between three to 5% is allocated. So um, when it comes to private investments, it's also the categories that they're in, which I'm going to touch on. But I'm also going to touch on another topic that Andy also was was he knows this. I'm just bringing more of that transparency into well these all these publicly traded companies were once private at one point. That is that yeah absolutely. But look what's going on in the public market space. If you took a look at how many publicly traded companies were in uh, the overall exchange back in 1996. You're looking at 7,322 companies. That's how many were listed in 1996. In 2019, that has dwindled down to 3,643. So why am I sharing this? Is more and more pri uh, privately held companies, they're not excited to go into the public market, especially when they're looking at growing and, and diversifying their, their strategy they may give a, a, a call going, hey, we're going to put money into our company for the next two, three years. And what we're looking at doing is on the back end of the of the 10 year period or seven year period is to have this kind of growth because of the market share and because of the disruption that we're going to see in the industry that we're in due to the work that we're doing. So an investor will see that and go, yes, this is something I'm interested in going into. However, if that goes public, that CEO says that, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting through the next earnings call. You're going to get yeah. just raked over the call, calls. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the different types. Now, there's many different subcategories to what I'm going to say. We have private equity. So think about that. You, you, you have capital that's invested in private companies in exchange for equity ownership. Just sounds same thing like a stock, but no, this is private, right? Venture capital, this is an investment in a startup or early stage company with little or no history. So you have to be aware of what kind of risk and return uh, levels could be coming in there. You have private debt. Private debt is a form of debt, just like like a bond, right? That's a pri that's public debt, uh, uh, corporate bonds. Private debt's the same thing. Mm -hmm. But you also have private real estate and infrastructure. You also have hedge funds that are considered private investments. And then you have like situational types of private investments. That, and situational could be like litigation finance. Uh, it, it's just that's just one example. I don't want to go too far into that the weeds on that. But there was one I didn't mention was also private credit. Instead of them taking out a line, like a loan, they take out a line of credit and you become the bank. Same thing with the private debt and the private credit. You become the bank with other investors where you're getting that. So what is the goal for having this money invested is going to be depending on where are you in your investment? What are, where, 
overall investment journey? Where are you as far as risk tolerance? That's how you could take risk. What about risk capacity of the financial plan, right? But are you looking for growth or are you looking for income or are you looking for both? And how does that fit into your overall risk and return profile? Now, Andy, when you're building out a, 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 a proper portfolio construction and you're looking at private investments to come into play with the public market, how do you go about assessing private markets to make sure that they are in line with the client's risk tolerance and risk capacity in their financial future? Well, really, it's it, it boils down to two things, Jason. If it was a, that when we, we look at that, it's going to be the client has to understand, um, you know, how these assets or how this asset class works, because uh, that's the first thing is you got to have the right mindset, the right education, because although there's a lot of similarities in what they're used to find in the public markets, there are some differences and they have to understand how that investment works and the tax benefits. So first thing is education uh, mindset. We have great conversation around it. The second one, and I'm going to add to some of your risk capacity, risk tolerance, is that I call it risk liquidity. You know, many of these investments are not liquid, uh, meaning that there's some kind of holdup. You're not going to be going into the public market and you could submit a trade and then get your capital back in your bank account the next, you know, next day or a couple of days later. Um, these are generally going to be some kind of hold period. So we need to understand the liquidity. If they're, if they're going to run into a scenario where they're going to need capital, um, within the next 12, 18, sometimes these things can go out to 10 years. Um, you have to understand this has to be allocated for some long-term, um, you know, allocation. So it's a long-term money. So those are the two that I look at is get them educated right so they understand and they're excited about it. Um, that also ties into when you're looking at private investments, Jason, get into private investments when you're looking into things you know. Um, you know, it's a lot, if you're in a certain industry, you know, uh, that might be the way uh, to kind of dip your toe into it because you'll understand all the information because most of the information isn't going to be as publicly available because that's one of the benefits to reducing volatility of a portfolio in these deals is they don't move because they don't trade and there's not a lot of information other than internal documents. So it's really important to have the right mindset, understanding, be comfortable with it. And then the second component is going to make sure that you don't over allocate so that you come up with a risk liquidity because uh, then those investments are just not, you can't get out of them. Yeah, Andy, I love what you just said there. You have to educate, educate yourself and and maybe start off with something that you're familiar with, a, a certain end, industry that maybe you work in or things of that nature is, is just a way to understand, not to say you're going to put the money into that, but it's a way to dip your toe into that uh, approach. And something that I do as well, Andy, is I educate on how p private markets work and how they fit into an overall strategy. Going back to the education piece, and then the next thing I do is I say, okay, like, let's go into this review as an example. Don't take this as a recommendation because I already have done an analysis on this. Most likely this won't fit for you. But I do want not to waste your time, but I want you to see how it works on your own. And then we're going to meet again. And then we're going to walk you through to the different pages of the information so that you then now have the information that I have. So now you can make a better informed decision. You know, I mean, Andy, uh, private markets is very interesting. Can you share a, with us a story of when you got a phone call from a client that was talking about their buddy on the golf course that was talking about a private investment? They, they happened to 
too often, right? And um, and that's what that I mean. I don't have probably one right off the top of my my head, but you know the reality is that's what led to the educational drive, right, Jason? Is that people need to understand um, you know a private deal and how they work. And so you know, right now we've been talking with clients. You know, a common thing that I'm doing, Jason, when we're doing PPP, right? We're we're saying okay. If you're an accredited investor, you meet the qualifications, you have enough liquidity in your in your uh, in your base, we can carve out you know up to twenty percent um, of your uh, total portfolio investment portfolio to um, to drive home or, or to allocate. Right now, these allocations I tell clients take some time. It's not like you're oh, going to yeah. go buy an ETF. It may take you twelve to eighteen months to find the right deals because again, they're illiquid for the most part, and so we have to figure it out. But we do use a core. Um, you know, private equity, if you think about our core, when someone sits down, I don't recommend investing in the deal that's brought up at the, at the uh, round table after a golf round or a tennis round or a pickleball round in today's world. Um, but I do recommend having the conversation and starting that today. And I think that's what's so important that if this interests you, right, if you're like, hey, I'm interested in private equity uh, and private investments, I meet the qualifications, you know, this really has to be a one on one call. And so that's why if you go to clearpicturefinancial.com you know, and talk to Jason or I, um, you're going to get a lot more education on it, right? Because there could be some tax needs. So we talk about taxes, we talk about income needs, but we have to plan for what that tax could be at the end as well. So um, I know I didn't directly answer the question, but the reality is um, there's a lot of conversations that are happening around this space. They're going to happen more. And I encourage you that if you meet the qualifications, now is the time to get this, you know, factored into your portfolio overall. Agreed. Agreed, Andy. And let's get into the last P, which is protection. This is an important component when you're looking at risk mitigation. And then there's also liquidity factors that come into this. Um, you know, so when it comes to the third P, protection, what are the, some of the factors that you bring into building out the strategy? You know, we're, we're just going to bring the elephant in the room out. These are called annuities. Um, you know, there's one of them, you know, there's other, there's other factors we'll cover, you know, but the reality is, is in this category, this section, we believe that you should, as an investor, transfer that risk to somebody else, whether that's at an insurance company through an accumulation or income annuity, which right now is the time of this recording, they're, they're common, they're working well. Um, that could also move into, um, a cash value life insurance, you know, and it would not be a variable. But, you know, you can allocate money from your, you know, public bucket into an insurance premium over the next 10 years that will build you a bucket of not only tax-free access money, but also money that, that if the markets do go down, you're not going to go down with it. So we believe that you should have a component of that. Um, you know, and for some of those more uh, sophisticated ones, we look at what's called like structured notes. Right, That's Jason? Right. There's some ideas out there that yeah. will, will allow you um, – the upside, right? You lock in, but if there's upside potential, but there is a downside, what we call buffer. So maybe the first 10 or 20% of the downside buffer, uh, the investor does not participate. Um, if the part, if the strategy's down 21, they would. So those are the three that we're kind of using for protection the most. Yeah. And what I, what I loved is, um, you just went into like a, a handful of the different type of products that go into yeah. protection. How do how does Andy and I determine what product is going to be based off of your risk tolerance, your risk capacity, going into risk liquidity? We got to make sure you get access to funds so if things come up that are unexpected. It's going to go back into um, uh, 
your timeline, where you are in your investment approach. Uh, are we looking at income producing strategies off of that as well? I mean, all those different things really come into play. And and we're, when we're looking at protection, the factors that Andy addresses spot on. It's making sure that we have a portion of your assets protected either from market volatility, from a premature passing, to access to the money down the road in a tax-efficient way, maybe even tax-free, depending on what protection strategy we go into. So, I mean, these are the things that we're constantly looking over when, when we're working with our clients. And just like Andy was talking about on a private side, it could take us years to fully allocate into the private um, same thing when it comes to the protected allocation. We may want to stair step into that because to get to the actual allocation that is desired. So this, these are things that take time, but this is what happens when you work with a qualified professional. If you're interested in exploring what we've been talking about here, when you go into your statements and you're going, I don't get clarity on what's public, what's private, what's protected. I don't get that clarity. I'm not having these conversations. This is where we want you to go to uh, www.clearpitcherfinancial.com. You can check out other videos that Andy and I have along with other interviews. Scroll down. You can put in your information. One of our specialists will reach out to you. That was Andy, the man merchant. I'm Jason Noble, and you just listened to 20 Minutes of Clarity. Thank you. <laughs>